Hey, this is Pastor Nate Cook, and you're listening to Pontificating Pastors, a podcast where we lock two pastors in a room and just let them talk about anything and everything. My friend Michael Pig is a church planner in San Marcos, Texas, and I'm a traditional church pastor here in Midwest City, Oklahoma. Today on the podcast, Michael and I are recording our fifth episode in quarantine. We're calling it the one in quarantine, week five. Talk a little bit about the fact that two of our children are dating, and we talk about our moms. So we hope you'll sit back and relax and enjoy this episode of Pontificating Pastors. Hey Michael, how is it going this week? That's going well, Nate. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I uh, graduated from seminary on Saturday. I sat on my couch and watched a video that had been pre-produced about my graduation. <laughs> but it was different. You know, I was thinking about it. Really, when you go to a graduation, it is not about the graduation. Like bum, I, when I, ba-da, bum, 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 Well, it is about bum. that. Yeah, but but when I went, I graduated from college, and we were crazy, Paula and I. We got married on Saturday. I graduated from SNU on Sunday, and uh, all my new in-laws, every male in the family, was asleep during the, the speech at the graduation. <laughs> and so I was thinking about that. I was thinking, you know, you don't really go to graduation for the graduation. I mean, maybe if you're winning a big award, and they're going to pull you up front or whatever, but... Most people go to the graduation just simply to be with people, to celebrate. It's kind of like crossing that tape. And it felt weird not to get to cross the tape, you know. But then uh, my wife yep. tricked me into going to the church, and they, my church had a parade ready for me. And that was just blew me away. So it kind of made up for the, the non-graduation graduation. Yeah. I uh, I drove 12 hours that day just to be in that parade. I know. And it blew me away when I saw you there. I was like, what in the world? Well, we was had, it just we, to be in the parade? We had, a, we had a gift for you. We had to deliver the gift. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Yeah. You no, know, I was like... It wasn't just to be in the parade. We, You know, I circled the church three times. And Shelly yeah. said, what are you doing? I said, I drove a long way to be in this parade. I'm going to get... <laughs> I'm going to get, the most get my out of money's it. worth. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, one of the funny things I was laughing with my executive pastor, Peter Blankenship, about the title of my degree. It's a Master's of Divinity. Oh, Master as though, Yeah. <laughs> as though you could ever master the divine. It's oh, such absolutely. a stupid. <laughs> like, I, I, the more I think about it, the more I'm like. You know, I went to seminary with a few questions, and I left with a whole lot more. I do not feel like I have mastered <laughs> no master. anything. Yeah, the uh, Frederick Beekner said something about that one time in terms of uh, uh, infant baptism. He said, uh, when people ask me about infant baptism, I say, uh, do you think that the Archbishop of Canterbury knows any more about uh, what it means to be loved by God than... Um, than the infant and nobody can ever say securely that uh 
that the archbishop knows any more than the, than the infant. And so, right. Yeah. <laughs> probably, probably the infant knows as much, if not more. So, it's so yeah, a, do not call me master or anything <laughs> like that. I've had all the jokes. Um, you know, somebody was asking me if my preaching was going to get better and I assured them it'd probably be about the same. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it might get, might get worse at, at times, right? Might, yeah, it, might. it may. I may try Literally. to, I might try to prove points that just aren't there. You yeah. Know, the, well, uh, my dad, my dad always warned about being educated beyond your intelligence. <laughs> um, he said, uh, yeah, you don't want to be educated beyond your intelligence because then then you just act out of the arrogance that the degree gives you. And then, you you know, it just bolsters your ego. Uh, but, Nate, I'm not saying that you have done that because I certainly, I know you've been on this master's track for a while. I drove all the way up there to celebrate uh, your your graduation because I'm proud of you. I think, it's a, I think it's an endeavor worth doing. Well, thank you. And I, you know, to be honest, I think the one thing that, that people, some people were worried about is, is what you're talking about. That sometimes in seminary and, you know, even in undergrad, you can get your, your faith can be, become so much of a head experience. You know, it, it can be so much just there up in your mind, everything exists there. And, and, you know, unless it really penetrates the heart and the feet it's kind of a useless exercise at that point. And one of the things that I really think NTS did a really good job, and NTS, for those of you who don't know, stands for Nazarene Theological Seminary in Kansas City, is I really was probably shaped in my spiritual formation, prayer, and scripture life as much as anything, which is where you kind of bridge that gap between your head and your heart a lot. So I I feel like, if I gained anything from seminary, it's not really knowing more, but it's it's maybe how to how to sit with God and how to humbly like receive rather than always being the one who's having to give. You know, the big temptation for we pastors is that we're just giving, giving, giving. So it it anyway. is it is. We were talking about that actually uh, earlier. That uh, uh, like is there is there some kind of formula? During this COVID quarantine, um, is there some kind of formula for uh, how often we're supposed to call on our our parishioners? Uh, yeah, and, and it's you know we want to keep in touch with people, but it is there is no formula. And what I've found is some of my people are really good at keeping up with each other, which I think is amazing. And but you don't want people to slip through the cracks and feel like nobody's out there yeah that that um that is one of those things where uh, am i arrogant enough to think that they need me to call them every day uh (laughs) you know and the answer to that is the answer to that is yes i am arrogant enough to think that um (laughs) the well yeah am i I am i disciplined enough not to call them every day but to call them when it matters right? right and and using the discernment to to figure out the difference between when I need to call them and when they need me to call on them, right? Yeah, um, and and the same is true for friendship. Uh, you know, and, and just about every relationship requires this. Um, I'm not going to call them right now because I know they're busy. I'm not going to call yeah. them right now because I talked to them yesterday. Um, 
Yeah, we talked a little bit about that. Um, Dr. Busick came onto our uh, Zoom call for our district last week, and he was talking about just how prayer helps us discern when those calls are needed. Um, so as we as we pray for people, uh, often the Lord will say, "Hey, you need to reach out you need to, to reach this out person." To them. Yeah. Or if they're on our mind, we need to pray for them at least, and then maybe shoot them a text and say, "Hey, I've been praying for you." So, so I think yeah, there's definitely discernment that we are, we all are learning. Um, sometimes when we're busier, we're not as discerning. Obviously, we we get wrapped up in our own stuff. But yeah, I feel like there's one other thing we need to talk about before we get going too much today, and that is uh, our two of our kids. And we, you could probably guess which one of yours, since I only have boys, but um, went social media official in their relationship this week. And uh, I don't know, my son's even said, maybe Tyler said he might come on the podcast. Obviously, it's Tyler, because Nathan's already married. Nathan's so married. Kind of yeah. narrows it down. So Tyler and Maggie uh, uh-huh. are social media official. And I said, yeah. if you ruin pontificating pastors... <laughs> If this thing goes south and you ruin that for me, yeah, I will hold it against you forever. Like if Michael can't stand to be around me because my son is a jerk, I'm kidding. I'll be, I'll be well, totally, kind of. totally put out at you if you do that. <laughs> like it's my fault, right? <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not terribly worried about it. Um, there's a song by Ingrid Agnes. Um, who and she wrote this song uh, that says, uh, "If we break up, I'll be fine, but you'll be breaking more hearts than mine." And it's a yeah. it's a wonderful song about the picture of how a relationship can connect families together or cause them to go in opposite directions. Um, right. But it's but it's really a, a song about the depth of connection and the willingness of a family to embrace. Uh, newcomers um, and those kind yeah. of things, and so basically, it says, "Mom, if I'm going to introduce you to my mama, I need you to know she she falls in love a little quicker than I do." Um, right. And, and my yeah. dad, my dad will pour you whiskey over ice and uh, pretend that he doesn't like you. Um, Is that what you're doing, no, for Tyler? No, I didn't. Pouring him whiskey I over ice because we we don't do that in the cook household. I don't know yeah, what we don't, kind of Nazarene Joe got. Down we don't here. do that in the pig household either. Um, I, I'm just and, and honestly, the whole no no whiskey over ice is because I have an addictive personality, and so I I, yeah. I don't know if I ever took the the first drink, I might not I might not be able to stop. But um, yeah, I I, I, I definitely th- think self control is for us too. <laughs> yes, I, and well, Tyler's Tyler's underage, so that you know that yeah, that, both of my children are underage. But um, but the point being, uh, the, the the next the next verse says he'll take you fishing. Uh, yeah. And, and, and I should have quoted that verse instead of the whiskey. But uh, anyway, she we we digress. Yeah, we digress. She said, As you know, usual. Uh, basically, uh, my family. You know, I'll be fine. Like I, I'm willing to risk this. But you got to understand that that if if we're gonna do this thing, that it's going to involve everybody. And that's so true because, um, you know, Tyler walked over to the car uh, whenever we were in the parade, and he said. Um, he said, "Did the boys miss me?" And he, <laughs> so he knows that that Maggie's brothers uh, adore him. They really, they love him. Uh, they they got in an argument at the table. Uh, Maggie said something about you know Tyler and uh, uh, not doing his homework. 
um, <laughs> and she was she was frustrated with him, and he said... And, he's been a little less motivated yeah. since it was all online. Yeah. And, Maggie, and since he's changing his major, he's it's, cha- yeah. it's been a little And tough. she was commenting on that. And both of her brothers came to Tyler's defense and were like, you can't say anything. I mean, they were defending <laughs> Tyler. It was crazy. I was like, what? what is happening here? Like, these, well, uh, um, go ahead. <laughs> these two boys have defended Maggie against every boy that has ever <laughs> taken a shot. And all of a sudden... They're on Tyler's side, and I was like, "Uh-oh, this is that's hilarious. <laughs> this is a big deal here." So, well, I don't know if you saw on social media, but Jonah actually said, "You're way out of her league." When she posted, <laughs> they were together. <laughs> no, I totally Tyler's missed it. Tyler's way that. out of her league. It's <laughs> hilarious. I was like, I don't think that's how it works, but it's pretty funny either way. So that is a little you know, brother the, comment right there. And, and the opposite is also true. You know, Maggie's been interning with us, and we've gotten to know her in this year way better than we did just seeing you guys every so often. Sure, sure. And my daughter-in-law cheers with her, absolutely adores her. Uh, Nathan thinks she's just awesome. And so it's like, yeah, it's kind of both ways on that street. Um, I have gotten lots of questions about, you know, did we have a part in this? Are we trying to... Um, arrange some kind of oh, ministry gosh. power couple since Tyler's <laughs> changed his major to ministry now. Like, and I, uh, I said, no, we're, this is not how we do things in our houses. But no, but you know, I, I guess that thought is out there. Like, is this back in the old days and we're trying to consolidate power? Well, yeah, no, like, I guess because power is what the gospel is yeah. all about. Yes, if we if oh, we wait. were doing. <laughs> The powers that be. I'm sure that Wendell Berry has something to say about this. Um, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, we just don't approach dating in our home this way. Maggie has never dated anyone. She's never been anybody's girlfriend. Um, well, now you just up the ante like a thousand yeah. times. <laughs> so we've Thanks. <laughs> now I'll feel better that it's not going to really go bad if things don't go <laughs> We've not... We, she's decided, she's self-policed, and she's decided, you know, no, why would I want to involve myself with this boy in high school uh, who, you know, is going off to college way far away, and we're not going to see each other, and that just seems like a lot of pain and hurt, and, um, you know, she's, and, and a lot of the boys, frankly, she just said, nope, you don't measure up, uh, you don't, you don't have the same value system that I have, you don't, uh, you don't think about the world. You don't. You don't share a paradigm that is compatible with mine. So, sorry. All you noticed was that I was pretty, or that I was smart, or whatever it is that attracted you to me, and you you don't even know me yet. And so for Maggie, this has been. You know, we no, we did not orchestrate this. As a matter of fact, <laughs> we did not. We we should have. I think you and I have commented to one another. We should have worked harder at discouraging this. But yeah, right. <laughs> but at this point, there's you know it's this weird thing where you go, uh, I want to encourage my children. I want them to be in love. I want them to have what they've seen in their parents. You know, and this is where I get real emotional and probably won't go too deep in talking about it because, uh, you know, I I want Maggie to pick someone who will cherish her, and all of the right. commentary that's yeah. been made so far has been doesn't. Tyler just, he cares about her. You know, that's what her brothers and her mom tend to say. 
I'm not going to freely announce that because, I'm, again, I'm still, so, <laughs> I'm still, you know, uh, you know, and I, but I don't want to discourage it either because uh, love is a good I thing. I know you, yeah. yeah, I know you used to hunt like out in West Texas a little bit of pheasant and stuff like that. So I, I did say you can bring your shotgun out if you need to when he <laughs> comes to visit or whatever. So, yeah. Um, no, it's it's all good. We probably should stop harassing them for a little bit. I think they do actually listen to the podcast, so we may. Uh, Tyler said he'd be willing to come on and and be a part one time since he's here at home. So yeah. kind of bummed for both of them both of them were on remedy this summer and uh just found out this last week for sure it was kind of known that yeah. camps were shutting down but but their summer is pretty much shot they they don't report until like when they would have been done they report like the end of july to get ready to do like new student institute at snu but right going from a whole camp a whole summer of camps to one new student institute and maybe some other gigs if if the school will let them go out in the fall i don't know what all's going to happen there but um you know is kind of a really let a uh, big letdown and you know how it is kids uh look forward to that stuff and they've been looking forward to it for a while and uh so yeah. i guess now it's uh it'll we'll see how that all works out they have i think probably um they uh, they've been interested in making that public announcement for some time. Uh, Maggie, I know, hasn't. It hasn't been a thing for some time, and I think they held off in some part because they knew they were going to be spending the summer together, and they were going to have to act with some professionalism. And uh, yes. and so, uh, yes. and I was proud of them. For, Not be a couple at camps and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, I was proud yeah. of them for for the maturity they were showing there. Um, but now that it's been canceled, they're like, well, you know, we like each other, and we don't care if anybody knows. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but I feel bad, you know, for, I mean, how many youth pastors out there are, you know, aren't going to get to have camp? Uh, This is part of their, this is part of their thing. This is what you do. It's a rhythm. You go on a pilgrimage every summer. We take a pilgrimage to a place where we encounter the spirit of God in a, in a powerful way, because we have, we have gathered together with people from far and wide to celebrate what God has been doing in our hearts locally and celebrate that God is uh, showing us just a glimpse of a bigger picture of what the church is. And and that's so yeah. important. It's so important, you know? We always say, I wish that there was pilgrimage for grandma. There was pilgrimage right. for, you know, all of... I've had so many teens over the years tell me, uh, Pastor Michael, I just, I wish that my parents could experience camp. Why isn't there a camp for my parents? Because I think if they could talk about that, that that then as a family we would get to talk about spiritual things more often we would we would wow. you know experience yeah. it on a on a more regular basis if my parents got to go to camp Such well a- there's a they have you know a while back they had like millennial kind of camps for people in their 30s or whatever i don't know if you saw that but they weren't christian <laughs> camps they were just like let's all go to the campground like we did growing up you know um but I, I do think one of the things I love about camps and retreats, and I always tell 
young uh, ministers this as as we're talking about ministry is it's like you take a uh, a relationship and you put it in like a pressure cooker or a microwave not not following that analogy too too far because a microwave doesn't do the same job <laughs> that an oven does but it's it's like you know it blow up when you're around someone microwave. for like all this time you know you may learn things about them you wouldn't learn in like two years of Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights, you know, just living together, being together, being forced into this environment where you can't get away from each other (laughs) for good or for ill. You know, you're sleeping in a bunk bed next to a bunch of other people. Um, There's just things that happen there, uh, both with the, the ministry that's going on through the, you know, bring in preachers and uh, musicians and people from the college that the kids look up to and, um, through all those kinds of things, yeah, um, yeah, and what you described, and then just staying together. Yeah, what you described though is is a very intentional thing. Yeah, not you know we know that some things we won't be able to control, and some things we won't you know uh, somebody's going to get a broken bone at camp or uh, a knot on their head or a scratch you know scratched up knees or kids are going to be overly affectionate and. Uh, cross some boundaries yes and and we're gonna have to we've experienced all those yes we have we have and we're gonna have to police some of that and uh to keep them safe but uh the risk uh the risk is far outweighed by the gains um in those kind of things because you know when you're intentional about it uh great things happen if you if you yeah. if you if you just took a bunch of people and you went to a cramp campground and you didn't have any programming and you didn't you didn't do any of the intentional things that we do you didn't do any of the praying for it you didn't do any of the the preparation it would be a nightmare and it would just be chaos um, and and, right. and the the risk would would outweigh the gains but when you do it intentionally something very powerful happens yeah um, I we this. This summer, you know, our youth are missing their camp, and uh, we always do a uh, all church retreat, and so we're becoming more intentional about what that might look like if we're able to do it next September, which we're hoping, um, so that we cannot replace camp, but we could have an experience for all ages uh, that's intentionally there for people to retreat, to rest, to get to know one another, to encounter God in a new way. Uh, and so, yeah, I definitely think um, the intentionality is very important. And one of the things I love about camps um, is just that, you know, it's just the old thing of when you set aside time to focus on God and to listen to God's voice, it's amazing how often God shows up. Oh, <laughs> it's amazing. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, maybe he was always there. <laughs> and we were just not listening. Well, what we do is we're increasing the frequency of our of our observance of God's presence, right? Yes. And so it's that's what holiness, like we've talked about holiness as being uh, something that is an increased frequency of goodness rather than a, a more goodness. Like, like right. A, a, it's, uh, and so I think the, the presence of God has everything to do with that. When we talk about holiness, when we talk about uh, you know, pilgrimage, when we talk about these things, we're just, we're working harder at recognizing what God is up to. Yeah. It's like we're with Jacob and we're saying, 
surely the presence of the Lord was in this place, and I was unaware of it. <laughs> it, it always cracks me up I when preachers know. are like, Lord, show up, show up, show up today. You know, they're praying all these prayers, yeah. and I'm thinking, God was here way before you walked on this <laughs> campground. Yeah. Or you walked into yeah. this church building. Yeah. We, I would rather play uh, God open our eyes, unstop our ears. Sure. Because it seems like Jesus is always like, he who has ears or she who has ears, let them hear. Yeah. The, yeah. the you know, kind of, I have this threefold uh, mission statement kind of thing that I try to live I by. I wear the shirt. Yeah. You do? Is it your church's mission statement? No. Well, no. I, th- oh, okay. Th- that's Wayfinder's mission statement. Just personally, and I think that because because personally I hold this, it it the Wayfinder's one is re- reflected there. Um, but it's to show up, pay attention, and get involved. And so yeah. So I don't think good. I don't think that the the showing up is on God because God is already here. I think the right. show the showing up is on us. Um. And, right. and the showing up has to do with um, inconveniencing ourselves. When I say show, yeah. when I say show up, I, obviously I'm going to be present somewhere all the time. I mean, I can't, right. I can't cease to exist. At least I can't do that on my own. I, that would require the Lord ceasing me to exist um, or causing yeah. me to cease to exist. But um, I, so I'm going to show up somewhere. But but be fully present where you are. Be intentional about what is going on and where you are. And so, um, well, it's like showing up in life. I mean, somebody's getting married. You got to not do something else to yeah. go to that wedding. Yeah. Have you ever had to? I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> you got to. It's do not something. like you can just be yeah. do both. Right. What were you gonna say? Have you ever had to? What? Have you ever had to apologize for having been present, but uh, physically, but not present mentally or spiritually? Oh yes. I mean. Yes. Uh. Anyone who's owned a smartphone should have done that at some point. <laughs> yeah, you sh- we should, you know Whether what, you... yeah, during COVID, during this quarantine, take some time to apologize to somebody for having been absent while present. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And what's weird is sometimes you don't even realize how much you do it until your family says, hey, would you get off your stupid phone? Oh, I get it. And my... you're like, I'm never on my phone. And they're like, yes, you are. Yeah. And they know. Yeah. <laughs> my kids are abusive. In this regard, <laughs> they're like they're like. In this regard, that's yeah. good. Not in all regards. They're they're sweet kids, but on this issue with me, they tend to be abusive, um, and uh, and so sometimes I have you know sometimes I have to defend the job that I do, uh, and it requires right. it requires that. Um, and so oh, I was go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Keep going. I interrupted you. No, and so I have to defend. You know, this is sometimes uh, you know reasonable. Uh, you know, and they would say, well, but, you know, when we didn't have phones, this wouldn't happen. Yeah, it would have happened. It just would have been the front door. And then it would have been right would've in our face. Different. Be glad yeah. that, that what I just dealt with on the phone didn't show up at the front door at the parsonage where we lived 20 feet from the, the church building. You know, like, don't, you know, you, this is going to happen because this is part of the job. This is part of the responsibility. Right. So anyway. I was just going to jump in there because how many times have you in your life said, I have a full-time job too, because everybody assumes because you can kind of work your own schedule a lot uh-huh. as a pastor. Right, right. Like everybody in the family is like, dad, can you do this now? Can you go here? And, and how many times have oh. you just like no. had to say, family, look, 
I'm working. <laughs> I know you don't think it's working or it doesn't feel like working to you, oh, but come whatever. On. Come on. I am working no, too. I don't care. I'm not always available. If you left that at home and you need it brought to the school, you know you can't call your mom to do that because your mom is working at the school. Exactly. I can't stop what I'm doing to come to where you are and bring you your stuff because you forgot it. No, you're going to have to suffer the fact that you didn't plan well. That is not, I can't do this. And and well, and they don't ever understand this. So, so what are you doing, Dad? Well, I'm, ha- I'm having coffee with a parishioner. <laughs> you know the, well, you that's can't, not that important. You can't stop having coffee with them to come. Well... It's none of your business what we're talking about, so I can't tell you what we're talking about. But if I told you what we were talking about, you might understand that yes, it's important. You know, but well, and I don't want to just get on them because, (laughs) um, you know, there there are the other things too where just because they're the pastor's kids, they end up doing a lot of things that other kids never had to do. (laughs) They do, like yeah. Like when I'm talking to my interns, I'm like, look, interns, you show up, you're there early, you stay till everything's torn down. That's how ministry works. Like you're the first one in, last out, mm-hmm. uh, servant leadership. And my kids are like, dad, we we never really had a choice in that. <laughs> now we have to choose. <laughs> look, we were That was just part of being in the family yeah. growing up. Oh, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I, I guess we need to give them a little slack too, oh, because yeah. sometimes... They were accessories to our jobs, whether they liked it or not. Like they, sure they were. If something needed to be done at the church, hey, we're all loading up and let's go set up. Sure they were. Um, we're gonna we're gonna all get together, and you're expected to be there. Oh, I. There's not really yeah. a lot of debate on that. I've had that conversation so many times where I was like, "You had a choice. You didn't have to come. You didn't have to come." They're like, "No, I didn't have a choice. Like you say that I had a choice, but I didn't have a choice because." Because yeah. I knew uh, that I was going to I was going to suffer the scorn of Dad if I if I didn't show up and and I like to think that I would be benevolent and be like no it's your choice you know and I would even defend you to the congregation or to other people but the truth is is that they would probably suffer some scorn even if I wasn't willfully trying to be scornful I would inevitably be because I can be very you know petty too. One of the things we had at community when, when our kids were in the youth ministries, we had a youth ministry that loved to be together. It was so awesome because so many times they would just love to be together setting up tables for us for an event that oh, was yeah. going on. Like yeah. if it was Wednesday night after church and we needed an event set up. And so we had we had a whole crew of workers. But our boys, you know, like I said, sometimes they felt like they were uh, – they were less voluntarily there and other kids were there voluntarily. But right. now, um, I don't know if you know it, but this weekend is mother's day. And, uh, I don't know if we've talked. <laughs> I don't know. Switching yes, I do know topics. it. I do know it. Um, obviously we've talked about our wives a lot, but we haven't talked a lot about our own mothers. And I thought it'd be really cool to today. Just share a, a thought or a memory about our mothers. Uh, I don't know if you want to go first, if you've got something, or I can jump in there if, if you're not ready yet, because I just uh, threw that one out there. Yeah, no, one one thing, while you were talking immediately, something comes to mind. Probably one of the most significant moments in my theological development um, as a kid. Uh, I was standing, I say as a kid, I was probably 13, 12 or 13 years old. 
Um, we, my mom always kept a garden uh, about the size of a city backyard. So like if, if you're a city dweller and, and you know what right. what what the backyard size is of a normal My grandparents used to have one a normal like city that. lot. Um, it, my, my mom, we lived outside of the city limits, um, but my mom kept a garden. Uh, whenever we lived way far out, we kept a vegetable garden of about an acre or a half acre. Um, and then uh, and we had corn and all kinds of things. When we moved closer into the, to the city, and when I say city, I'm talking about Leveland, Texas. So it's not really, yeah. not really a city. Um, <clears throat> but as we moved in closer, and we had this, the school was behind us. The elementary school I went to was behind us. Um, the the garden got a little bit more manageable, a little smaller, but still still large, a very large garden. And um, we're standing out there one night, and I remember the sun setting, and it was a beautiful sky, and we were watering the, you know, the pepper plants and and harvesting some peas, and we had a, a bag full of peas, and we were going to go in and probably eat our supper, and then go sit in front of the television and watch an, an episode of something, probably uh, that's incredible or something like that. Um, <laughs> that's incredible wow yeah blast from the past <laughs> so we were we were gonna go sit down and watch watch an episode and and shell peas right and because that was what our evenings were like when i was yeah 12 13 years old and um the it was for most of my life that's what it was like and so uh we were uh, we're standing there and mom goes look at that would you just look at that michael that's so beautiful this this place is so wonderful. God has given us a beautiful creation. You know, if it wasn't for sin, I think this is heaven. Wow. And um, and I just thought, in right, you know, in my mind, it just all of a sudden, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, meant a whole lot more than it ever had before. Yeah, um, and so uh, and and that wasn't that wasn't a behavioral modification statement, right? Like it wasn't right. like a gospel of behavior. It was a real, tangible reason to exercise holiness in this life, was so that Man. the kingdom would come. And my mom taught me that in that moment, just with wonder. Man, that's incredible. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> that was, that's I didn't awesome. even mean to do it. So, on, along with that, your kingdom come, your will be done. Uh, this is not from my mother, but one of our good friends, Marty Michelson, I had that kind of moment with when he was teaching a class, and he just shifted the words enough that it it hit home to me like a new way. He uh-huh. said, "So that it will be on earth, like it is in heaven." Yeah. And I just remember that moment in class, just all of a sudden it was like, oh, so it's really (laughs) supposed to be happening, right? right? Like so that it will be. Well, speaking of my mom, um, I don't know that I have a specific memory like like that, but I have this this place that I remember. Um, My mom's lived in the same house for a long time now, and I was a little more city-fied growing up, so we never shucked peas. We did at grandma's house, but uh-huh. not a, not a, at yeah. my home. Um, but but there is this in my mom's house. She has like a a dining room that that you know we eat at on on the big days like Thanksgiving and stuff. And then 
she has a little breakfast nook kind of thing where most of the meals are eaten. And I, this is my memory. I go to my mom's house and she's an early riser and I'm an early riser. And uh, my wife and kids are always sleeping. Uh, sometimes her husband's still sleeping. He's kind of a night owl. Most of the time he's sleeping still. And we have about an hour, I mean, for years and years, as long as I can remember pretty much since she's been married, I mean, 20 years at least here. Um, and we sit down and we get our coffee and we get our breakfast and we just talk about things that we don't get to talk about um, when we're, you know, we talk about things on the phone, but it's just different being there in her house with our cups of coffee in our hand and uh, usually eating cinnamon rolls that she's made or sugar cookies for breakfast because she makes amazing sugar cookies. And when you're at mom's house, you know, oh, yeah. diets go out the window. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so just sitting there talking to my mom. And over the years of ministry, you know, there are many highs and there are many lows. And there's, I always feel like it's a really safe place for me to sit and just, if I have to unload, just unload. Or it, she's always encouraging. You know, Guitar Hero said your mom does not count as a fan um, on the Guitar Hero thing. You know, <laughs> when you're playing in bands, and I've had youth youth kids in bands. You know, there'll be six people in the crowd, and one of them's or two of them are both. You know, two of the people's moms, right? Right. So, absolutely. Um, but that is my mom. Like, uh, you know, she watches my sermons. She sends me encouraging yeah. texts. Yeah. Um, you know, just there for me when I need to talk to somebody. And like I said, there have been times I've been extremely frustrated with the ministry. And, I, you know, those days where you don't know if what you're doing is worthwhile. We were talking about that the other day. I don't know if our people know that, <laughs> you know, pastors have these days where, and, and any pastor you talk to will will say this is true, where, where you just think, is one thing that I'm doing actually making a difference in anyone's life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, yeah. usually in my day-to-day -day life, it's Paula who's there to say, um, well, you idiot, look at this. Look at this. <laughs> yeah, She'll just yeah. start naming oh, things. Yeah. And she has them right there. I yeah. mean, just every time. But sometimes it's my mom when I'm down there. Right. And uh, so over the years, I, I've gotten a lot of really good counsel and advice and love mm -hmm. and encouragement yeah. and affirmation. Just sitting around the table. Uh, drinking some coffee and eating a sugar cookie for breakfast. Um, that's 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 how I picture my yeah. relationship with my mom. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I know we both know we wouldn't be we wouldn't be where we are today as pastors or as people without the godly influence of our parents. And so right. it's a it's a good day for us to celebrate them. Sure. And so, mom, if you're listening, I hope you are. Yeah. Uh, we love you, and I know Michael would say the same. Yeah. So. My mom called me this week and said, "Michael, I don't know if I'm going to go back to church, especially if you're going to keep live broadcasting. I think I'm just going to keep coming to your church." <laughs> so. Yeah. I, that's that's a mom thing to say, so, isn't it? Sorry, Lubbock first. Sorry, Michael. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> there's something about the ministry of presence, mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I absolutely love my mom. She uh, yeah. she always had some some rules just to kind of wrap it up where we started. Um, my uh, my mom always had a rule. She said, uh, "I don't care who they are, I don't care what family they come from, uh, but the the woman that you pick better love Jesus more than she loves you." That's really and, good. Uh, and so I just I, I think I could just say that uh, mom taught me the value of that. 
and uh, Shelly and I are very grateful uh, for the way that yeah. our, our children are choosing uh, to date. Yeah, and both of us, I mean, you know, uh, we're, we're adults and we just want our kids to be happy and to have somebody that cherishes them, like you said. So. Absolutely. Excited for that that journey, and we'll keep you updated on pontificating <laughs> pastors if you need a little uh, soap opera in your life. I'm yeah, kidding. For, hey, man, I'll I'll probably see you later. We got another Zoom call together today, we do. so uh, we do. until then, love you. Love I'll you. Uh, talk to you later next week for sure, hopefully. All righty, and uh, we'll see you. Love you, man. Bye. All right, love you too. Bye. Hey, thanks again for listening to Pontificating Pastors. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor or any one of the other platforms. We hope you have a great week.